Punkt. United Way. It's episode six. We're pissed off. We are very disappointing. Disappointed. Yeah. A great weekend non football was with EP and everything and the weather. Football yeah. football was devastating. Damien, how was EP? EP was magical as you can tell boy the uh, lack of SPF on my face. Um oh. I, I got a little bit sunburned. I can't really see it. No, that's because the whole room was red, bro. I'm just blending it. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Literally camouflage right now. But you know, it'll turn to ten. (laughs) It'll turn to ten in a couple of days and you'll be looking gorgeous. I'll be like a saddle. Oh, yeah. I'll be like a saddle. You'll be like a lovely little olive in your click-click-clap videos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know we're not talking about United as well. We have an Indian summer. Uh, in Ireland at the moment for the next two weeks the weather is smashing 26 degrees yeah it's just typical isn't it and why is that kids go back to school kids go back to school and leave it's always happens during the leaving search and early May to like late May when they get off and late May yeah rain that's for all the secondary school students anyway yeah let's talk about it as you can tell boy skirting around all the football stuff because it was an awful weekend to be in White Fan. Shit weekend. Now we, pre- we predicted a draw and when I saw 1-1 90 plus something yeah. minutes I thought alright yeah prediction was fairly there. Then I saw the the Granacho goal. So caveat I didn't actually get to watch the game so it was at EP so I caught all the highlights afterwards but I was like glued to my live score like in the woods I'll be wood, in, able to provide the analysis on that in, in the woods frantically refreshing my live <laughs> score app um, and then I saw Garnacho's goal go in and I literally let out a yelp and then I saw this this loud and then I immediately wanted to yeet myself into a tree well I'll tell you what happened to me when Garnacho's VAR offside goal went in I jumped around my front room ran up and down Scared me kids. Sorry, kids. <laughs> and uh, I think I pulled a muscle <laughs> on my collarbone. <laughs> Celebrate so much. Um, I want compensation. <laughs> my wife was looking at me like, God, you're an idiot. And uh, I sat back down. The call was disallowed. And uh, I had a bit of throbbing pain up here near the collarbone chest area. And uh, so I have a similar story with not pulled muscle. Do you remember when Everett scored that absolute <laughs> banger against Bayern Munich? Bayern Munich, right? Yeah. And I jumped <laughs> off the sofa, right? Leapt off the sofa, about forty yeah. feet in the air, right? Just saying something because I'm only a small lad. Mm-hmm. Came down right on the corner of my laptop, smashed the entire thing to pieces, right? <laughs> and then I said to myself, "If we win, worth it." <laughs> Did we win? No. Iron Robin, away goal. See you later. Oh. Because that was the second leg, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. That Vid- Iron Robin goal. Because Vidic, Vidic scored in the first leg at Old Trafford, didn't he? Mm. And I don't know who scored the equaliser for them. I think it was Ribery, was it? Maybe. Um, but yeah, so the Arsenal Man United game. Right. I mean, first half, I thought United played very well. I thought um, they soaked up that kind of relentless pressure that Arsenal put on so many teams. Um, and they soaked it up pretty well. Um, 
they managed to get a goal out of it. I think there was a lot of playing out from the back. <laughs> I thought they were very controlled. Um, but that's going to suit us against back. teams it like Arsenal. And, and it was suiting them. Now I was kind of watching it thinking, come on, there's got to be, there's got to be a bite to this. And then it eventually happened with, um, I think it was on the break, the true ball from Ericsson. To Absolutely Rashford. smashing pass. Yeah, smashing pass. Absolutely smashing pass. Um, and a lovely finish from Rashford. And I actually thought for a second he took too much out of it. I thought when yeah. he when, this when he came inside, I thought he was going to shoot, and then he took the extra touch, and I was like, mm. "Oh, he's after losing it." But yeah. then, obviously, obviously, he didn't. He didn't know, and it was a lovely finish. Great finish, and uh, looked great. <laughs> then yeah. just a fucking lapse of concentration. A minute later, uh, a brilliant move from Arsenal and Odegaard um, equalised yeah. for them. Great, great finish, but really, really soft goal. Really, really soft goal. I think yeah. it's, I think it's Ericsson that's about five yards off and makes kind of a half torn attempt at, at blocking yeah. it. Um, like Odegaard's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Right, he's not like a world beater. He's not your De Bruyne. He's not a Bruno. He's like I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I I I rate him I highly. Disagree because I think he's he's only going to get better. Yeah, he was phenomenal for them last season. Mm. There was a lot of debates. There was Odegaard, De Bruyne at debates last season. Mm, I, think, I don't think he's on that level, yeah, at least yet anyways, but he is younger. He's, he's, he's younger, the, he's 25. He's, yeah. 20, 24, 25. So he has got a good few years to kind of really hit that peak. Yeah. Um, but despite me thinking he's not at that level, you cannot leave a player of his quality on his own on the edge of your box. You no, cannot do you that. Can't. You cannot do it. And we you got punished. And you have to close um, down. It was the same as Madison's goal for Spurs. Yeah. Like, absolutely brilliant goal. As soon as he opened his body up, there was only one outcome. Yeah. And it was the outcome that happened. You cannot leave players of that quality alone in dangerous areas of the pitch and not expect to be punished. No. And we were punished for it. Yeah. And then Royce's goal. That is, that's the sickening one. Like, if you wa- watch that goal, it's in slow motion Shouldn't when he takes the ball down. Oh, Harry, it is. It's in, he takes the ball foul down. on Evans, though. Huh? And Gabriel. Not a foul on Evans. From Gabrielle in the box. There's yeah. a lot of decisions yet. Yeah, we're going to go into the decisions. Yeah. Because I was um, human. Yeah. Fe- fe- foul on Evans, I, f- I felt, should, should have been given. Um, I think the Declan Boyland, was... The, the Bethel de- to the ground. Yeah. Saka fucking literally went in. You know, studs. Uh, Havertz. on Bruno. Havertz escaping a yellow card despite a dive in the box. Yeah. VAR overturned it and he didn't book him. Yeah. Oh, but this, we get all the decisions. We, oh, we get all of them. No, no, we get all. We the get all the decisions. Remember, remember that, people. Yeah. We get all the decisions. We've we, been bribing the ref um, for forty years. We're the only club to. We're the only club to pay referees to not win. Yeah. Yeah, we're the only club to pay referees and not get all the decisions. So that's what had me angry yesterday because. But what had me angry was the Royce goal. The fact that he was able to take that down on the edge of the six-yard box, yeah. have a little sip of an espresso read the funnies in the newspaper then decided to scuff the ball into the ground yeah. and Harry Maguire standing there you know I don't know what he's doing telling people two starting centre backs were taken off now thankfully I <sighs> uh, can tell you now that Martinez isn't injured and Lindelof was actually ill before the game that's mm. why he was taken off so they should be okay to go against Brighton at home <sighs> in a few weeks but, I'm, um, I'm actually, I think I'm actually there for that game as well 
Are you? I think I'm going over for that game. So, God, God help me. I'm, I'm dreading that. Who would have thought I'd be dreading Brighton at home? I swear to God. In what universe, uh, you know? Well, yeah, well... Will Evan I mean, Ferguson might, will punish us? I was just, just about to say, they, they have a striker that is fearful. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. And they'll have Anzu Fati as well. Um, Anzu Fati and Matoma. Not, I'm not looking forward to it. Not looking forward to it. You know you'd need to start, you know you'd need to start bringing out a money-back guarantee clause. That if you pay for a match ticket and we get absolutely slapped around, you get yeah. your money back. I think that's only fair. I mean, it's depressing. Did you see that video of the poor lad fainting in the crowd and all? I'd have fainted. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. He was probably like me. Probably. Absolutely. You pulled your muscle in your collarbone. Like, and <laughs> this, this. I was jumping up and yeah. down. For the Rashford goal, I was like... <sighs> I was like that. That was how I sounded because... Um, That's probably how I sounded that EP as well. My four week old. Was oh yeah, you're trying to, trying to keep it right asleep. <laughs> Silent screams. But I can tell you something: the physical movements were there. Oh, stop, man! I just, I there's something about Arsenal that I can't stand as of late. <sighs> they annoy me so much on Twitter. Their fans. There's some sort of entitlement about Arsenal that they think. They're better than everyone just because they have a little fucking gimmick gold trophy from when they won the Premier League in 2004 with the Invincibles team. Yeah, I mean, it's always great that you can say to them, you know, yeah, you don't have a fucking Champions League. Nottingham Forest have two. So fuck off. Mm. Villa have one. Yeah, even City have one. Even City have Even one. City have one. Yeah. But, um... But now there is, there you know, there is this thing, there is this thing with Arsenal fans just going on on that entitlement, right? So you see on Twitter a lot, you people like, you know, when the World Cup was on, like Messi deserves a World Cup, Ronaldo deserves this, you know, and and there is that element from Arsenal fans. They just nobody deserves anything in football. You earn it. Nothing is a given. They've they've only reached one final, so they don't deserve it. No. This is what I mean, but like this, this level of entitlement, like even as a United fan, like oh, like we're in our thirties, right? So we grew up the entire nineties of yeah. our team being a dominant force across Europe, mm. right? We didn't win as many Champions Leagues as we probably should have in in that in those periods of time when we were so dominant. Yeah, but well, I mean, just sorry to interrupt as well. I mean, a lot of our, <clears throat> you know, the older generation, like your dad, my uncles, mm. will probably tell you, you know. The Busby Babes probably would have. There would have been maybe two or three Champions Leagues at least before the European Cups. They were called back then, mm. before the um, '68 final as well. I don't know how different it would have been because that team, apparently, that team was on the cusp of dominating everything. Mm. They were just too that good. I heard. It's only hearsay, and from our opinion, from what we hear, it's only what we see. Yeah, and there is documentary. Yeah, there's bias hindsight there as well. You know, it's easy to there's say, a, like if, 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 but to maybe. Yeah, but it you know. it, it looked like there but was I do, pure domination. I do feel maybe there's a bit of bias in this as as a United fan, and maybe it's because I'm not like I don't feel we're entitled to anything. I think as as United fans, all we're entitled to is to be entertained by our team. We expect the United to play in a certain way. Yeah, exactly. Um. And you know we we speak about that all the time. I mean, like you see Gary Neville going in on managers all the time for not doing it the United way, and sometimes that's not always possible because it's a results based business and results are needed. And that's where Jose came in, won his won his two trophies doing it his way, and probably not the United way at all. 
Well, we mentioned in one of the earlier podcasts as well with Jose, we just expected him to be a little two-year project where... Yeah, we knew it. Probably we knew that's what it was going to be. Maybe, maybe he might win yeah. the league. I'm surprised he's still at Rama. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think it's kind of a comfort thing for him. Yeah. He, 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 I think the lack of expectation there suits him. He, yeah, and he basks in Italy. I think he loves the culture. Yeah. And he loves everything. And he is loved there. Yeah. Now, I know he's managing Roma, but I'm sure, you know, the Inter fans are eternally grateful to yeah. Jose Mourinho. But um, just on the... Back back to the game yesterday as well, just about Declan Rice. And, oh, he's a North London boy now. Oh. West Ham's in the past. Got in the bin. Oh, he plays for the three lines now. Ireland's in the past. We all remember your tweet, Deco. We all remember your tweet. Oh, yeah, we won't. We won't. Yeah. Look, you all know what he, what what was said there. You tweeted it and then went out there in a white shirt. I think it was sang. an Instagram message. Yeah. You went out there and you said it and then you went out in a white shirt and saying, God save the Queen. <laughs> we, we have a word for that. Yeah. All the hypocrite. I, I, if you watch this post match interview with all the pundits, Roy Keane had no time for him. No time for him. Apparently, Roy Keane was there. Uh, apparently, he was attacked after the game. Really? Apparently, an Arsenal fan headbutted him. And a brave, brave bra- yeah. Arsenal fan. So obviously, where they are, they're in the, uh, they're kind of in the VIP sections, and all the boxes are around there. And a fan from one of the boxes approached Roy Keane and assaulted him. And there's a short clip that I seen on Twitter. Did you see it? Of our pal. I think he's kind of redeemed himself slightly this week. Micah Richards holding that guy up against the door. Was he laughing? <laughs> <laughs> the big loud laugh. <laughs> Shut up, Micah. Still but Micah, don't. you're wrong about Bruno, but we'll I still don't slightly like forgive you about defending Roy. And out but of the two of them, you wouldn't imagine it would be Micah Richards to be the one I think pinning well, him up against. It would yeah, not be Roy. You, you think it'd be Roy. Um... I think Roy is, Roy strikes me as someone who's very clever. He's not going to be like um, baited into that sort of thing. Do you know no. what I mean? No. Yeah. I think maybe 15 years ago. Oh my 20 God, years yeah. ago, different story. See some, see some of the clips. I was only watching a YouTube clip because um, I saw this, uh, I think it was on TikTok, uh, this referee was on some podcast and he, t- he talks about Roy Keane mm. had... Um, basically sent some nuts forest player over the advertising board into the stands or wherever else and mm. the referee went over to him to give him a yellow card or whatever it was and uh, Roy came to him and goes do you fucking know who I am? Did you see that clip? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the referee turned around to Gary Neville and said do you know who he is? <laughs> and Gary Neville goes yeah it's Roy Kane book the twat. <laughs> right? And all of the comments are basically saying yeah next on a list of things that didn't happen. Right? Because I mean First of all, Gary Neville would not call Roy Keane a twat. Yeah. Not at all. You can just tell the hierarchy in United you know, at that time. Mm. Keane was the captain. So I went on to YouTube and I, me and I deep dived. I tried to do the exact same thing. I deep dived. I watched about 40 compilation of Roy Keane's, all his best bits, worst tackles, like most aggressive mm. moments Roy Keane fights. I swear to God, could not find one clip. Not I even one. Went looking for the match. I couldn't. Yeah, couldn't even find the map. Match. Couldn't even find the match. But what I did find was absolute gems of Roy Kane just smashing people. Smash. But you know what I mean? Obviously, there's like lots of yeah. clips of him dominating from a football standpoint. <laughs> but I always loved the one with Alan Shearer. <laughs> loved the one with Alan Shearer. <laughs> Show from the throw in. Oh, with the throw in. And he just yeah. launches the ball at him, and then Alan Shearer is giving it lows, and then Kano takes a swipe at him. Yeah. Oh. 
I, sometimes right back then I really wish that football was like hockey you know when the refs just stand back and let them go at it could you imagine yeah. guess how many uh, red cards Roy Keane has in the Premier League 16 no, I'd, I'd say it's in the single digits is it no double I know David Ellery. I remember just before you you, you name me, you give me the number. He I think he said to David Ellery uh, once, "She may as well send me off now. You're always sending me off every game, every game you ref." Seven. Seven mm. single guess digits. Who has, guess who has more than him? Another Irish player. But it's um, Richard Dunn. I was yes. about to say Rich. Yeah. <laughs> had to be a, had yeah. to be a centre back, surely. Richard Dunn, Duncan Ferguson, and Patrick Vieira all have eight. Vinnie Jones, Roy Keane, Alan Smith, and Lee Catamarol all have seven. Okay, so speaking of Vinnie Jones, right? So we'll we normally keep my hot take till the end of the episode, but I'll give it now because Vinnie Jones on the topic, mm. right? I was talking to one of the boys during the day about this, about the modern game, and you have like these legends of the game, like Vinnie Jones, so these iconic footballer, Razor Ruddock, iconic footballer. Yeah, they wouldn't even make. Second division, non-league teams nowadays. No, not at like time. Vinnie Jones would just not be a professional footballer in today's game. It would raise crazy a crazy gang. Joe Kinnear, wasn't it? Yeah, they just wouldn't make it as pros now. Mm. They just wouldn't. And then the other side of that coin is certain players. Ian Rush being one of them, Robbie Fowler being one. I know Fowler's a little bit like later in the nineties. Um, some of those players would have been untouchable in the modern game. Yeah. Like the modern sports science, the nutrition, the strength mm. uh, conditioning coaches, all the analytics, yeah, all the tools that are at their disposal to make them the best of the best of the best. Mm. Like, could you imagine George Best or Maradona now if if they were like fit, healthy, like had clubs like managing every aspect of their lives to perform as prime oh. athletes? You would not get near these guys. No, and you think of the weight of the footballs they were playing with the primitive boots they were wearing which you could even go back 25, 30 years ago as well to some of the players that were you know the, the drinking and party culture was still prevalent back then mm. I mean we go back to R9 you know with all of the you know the oh, what's, advancements what's, what's in, that, what in, are fitness, they, um, in fitness and injury prevention strength and conditioning yeah. the recovery process I did hear that, that Ronaldo Brazilian Ronaldo did like to party a lot like too much yeah, but like, no. and it's such it's such an unfortunate thing with some, uh, you know, you, you obviously can't bracket them all in because there's some Brazilian professionals that are, you know, stellar professionals. But there is also lots of stories with uh, Emerson at that guy that was meant to be like, you know, absolutely like the best of the best. Rivers Emerson, Emerson, yeah. Well, was it him? He played in. Or was it? What's that guy's name? I think he played for Inter. Was it Ed Milton? No. No. For some reason, I think it begins. It ends in an O. It's not Emerson. What's his name? I I know. Didn't he, did he play for Barcelona? I think he played for Barcelona. Maybe I can picture him in an Inter short as well. But apparently he basically just went back to Brazil and became a gangster. Like, but like he again, like he was meant to be. Oh, Adriano. 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 Yeah. New beginning and ended in an now. The greatest pro evolution soccer player ever. 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 But like that, like, just now, just like the the yeah the party lifestyle and yeah. and everything. Else. And he kind of burst onto the scene my mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. Yeah. His his standout um, performances came in the Copa America in 2004. I remember watching him for Brazil and he was phenomenal because I think Ronaldo, unsurprisingly at that time, Brazilian Ronaldo was injured and Adriano stepped up and he was brilliant for Brazil. Yeah. He won the Copa America in 2004. 
You just remember and, him striking just, a ball. Oh God, he strikes had a, he that had ball a rocket and it just stays hit. And he was huge. He was yeah. built like and a mobile. shit house. But he, mobile for someone so big. Yeah, he was massive. Yeah, man. Waste. Waste. Yeah, it is. Look, there's a lot of players like that. I mean, I go into, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest waste of talents was, um, uh, Jesus Christ, I keep on, um, Quaresma. I always say Quaresma. Mm. One of the biggest wasted talent. Guy had everything. Guy could do things that other footballers couldn't, you know. The Rabona crosses, just a freak. So yeah. skillful but just didn't apply himself yeah again we could say the same about Paul Pogba yeah Paul and we and we do we say and, Paul Pogba was and, again last and night. Neymar the same I think you know it, it kind of kills me Neymar. with Pogba I'm just with Pogba I'm just thinking bro just hang up the boots and then I'm like you just yeah I feel so I actually I feel so oh, yeah, I, actually, I actually do yeah yeah. I actually it's gone past you know any sort of ill feeling now I actually just no, sorry for the guy it's awful like it, yeah. injuries have really hampered his um, his career Time. Injuries and really bad outside influences. But look, we've had that conversation about Pogba. And many, many a time. Um, just on the subject of what we're talking about, we may as well delve into the um, Ten Hag, Jaden Sancho situation. Mm. What, firstly, what's your view on it? <clears throat> what do you think Ten Hag should have um, stated what he stated publicly? Um. Ten Hag strikes me as the type of person that does nothing by mistake. Everything's calculated. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine what he probably thought there was this will be a kick in the arse for Jaden. And he'll go and train a little harder, get into the squad, deploy himself, yada, yada, yada. Um, or maybe it was a case of being like, you know, you're not pulling your weight and I'm going to let people know you're not pulling your weight because I'm not going to take the slack for you anymore. But then Sancho came out with his own statement. And I think the club need to get wraps on that immediately. Immediately. I, thought, I know I, I don't, like, um, I don't really listen to much Marco Bridge or anything like that, but he came out with a statement there saying that, like, players being able to make statements willy-nilly whenever they want all this sort of stuff is ridiculous. Well, but, Sancho was one of the last signings under the Ed Woodward regime. Mm -hmm. Sancho's on about 350 grand a week. See, this is the problem, the root of the fucking problem at this football club where this Woodward guy brought in players on unrealistic wages and they have some sort of sense of entitlement that they need to be pampered. And it's just not the case. Ten Hag has come in and he has disciplined so many players. Now, Jaden Sancho, if you want to look at an example to improve your game, why don't you look at Aaron Wan-Bissaka? Yeah, or Marcus Rashford. Ta Rashford as well. But Wan-Bissaka, I think, is the best example. Dallo came in, he lost his position, um, couldn't get any game time. Uh, so I think he didn't get game time for about three, four months until... Yeah. Dallo picked up that injury after the World Cup and fucking worked his arse off in training. To keep his position. Lied himself. Kept his position. Had a run of so and so many games. Just solid. Actually improved as well going forward. Wambasaka. It'll never get as good as that but fair play to him. 
Yeah, well, that's like, this that, is the problem. This that's the, the sign of a true professional. It's the sign of a true professional. But I have heard Sancho has had problems with his attitude at Dortmund. He's turned up late to training while he was there. He had issues when he was at City in the academy. Just um, really, really bad attitude. Um, sense of entitlement. One of these players that knows that he has the ability but doesn't put the work in. And that mm. is the problem with Sancho. And it seems as if he's doing that now. And there's a lot of people defending him, saying, oh, yeah, well, he had a great pre-season. He had this and that. Apparently... It's not well and good. Pre-seasons don't win your trophies. Apparently, from what I've heard from a few people, is that he was actually looking to get a move to Chelsea. It didn't materialise. It didn't materialise. He didn't get the move. Pulled a hissy fit. And that's why he hasn't... Um, Worked hard and training all week. But all Ten Hag said was that he just wasn't uh, training up to the standard of the other players. That's yeah. all he said. He never mentioned training badly. Outside. Didn't mention anything. He basically just said that there needs to be a standard and it yeah. needs to be met. Let's go back as well to, I think it was October or November of last year, where Sancho took that three month break. Yeah. And Ten Hag was fully behind him. Yeah. Brought him back, molded him back into the team. Big was, smile on his was, face when he went on to the supporter yeah. of him. So there's lots that we don't know. And I think a lot of people are jumping to conclusions. Rival fans, of course, are jumping in on Ten Hag. Uh, yeah. okay. I'm sorry, but their opinions are irrelevant. Um, so, Sancho, yeah, I've been patient with him. Yeah, but after yeah, hearing all of that, that statement, enough is enough. Colin had a scapegoat. In his statement, that's that, what really pissed me escape? off. When was he ever a scapegoat? Called himself a scapegoat. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, he said, I've, um, I've been made a scapegoat, a scapegoat many times and it's not fair. Yeah. That's what he said. It's not fair that I'm a scapegoat. It's not fair, yeah. How can you be a scapegoat when you're pissed off at three months mid-season? child who's on unrealistic... It's not fair, I'm only on 350 grand, grand a, week. a week. We'll read it out, we'll read David has it here. Um, it's not fair, I'm only on 300 grand. Please don't believe everything you read. I will not allow people saying things that is completely untrue. I have conducted myself in training very well this week. I believe there are other reasons for this matter that I won't go into. I've been a scapegoat for a long time, which isn't fair. All I want to do is play football with a smile on my face and contribute to my team. I respect all decisions that are made by the coaching staff. I play with fantastic players and grateful to do so, which I know every week is a challenge. I will continue to fight for this badge no matter what. Yeah. Next on the load of shite. I mean, just the, just doesn't work hard enough. Uh, I mentioned to you uh, when he came on during the Forest game, he just lacked physicality. Yeah, he wasn't going in on any challenges. He wasn't committing himself. Um, you could say the same about Rashford. Rashford's doing it a bit lately as well. Yeah. So we go back as well. There's a lack of physicality in this team, and I also want to speak about Anthony Martial who was on the pitch yesterday and didn't really do anything. Had had one shot on target. Um, his legs are gone. No. He has no it's, pace. It's, no, it's, 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 60th minute we bring in this Hoyland kid and oh my God, the, the dynamic completely changes. He is a physical monster. He's bullying Gabriel. Who, and that's not easy to that do. That is not an easy feat. He's a good feat. defender. Not an easy feat whatsoever. So I think Ten Hag, he's like, 
He's figuring it out. Yeah. He will he will have it figured out in a few weeks. Trust me on this. Especially when the injury list. David, trust me on this. He will have this figured out. He brings in Amrabat into that team. He gives Casemiro a bit of a bit of freedom. Casemiro as well. I am worried about it. I I am absolutely. I'm worried about his pace. I'm worried about his his there's I don't know if it's drop off or not. I'm I'm a little bit worried. Yes, <laughs> I think I think he I think I, I think he might flourish with an Amrabat in there who has that bit of energy. Yeah, agreed. And I do think um, Amrabat balances that midfield a bit more. I th- I personally think mm. we're better with a six eight pivot. Yeah, and then a ten a free roam ten in front. Yeah. and we we said this. I think that's probably where Mason Mount needs to be a rotation player there or out wide on the on the yeah. on the right utilize there when we can. I look forward to him coming back if we have Amrabat. I think in so that as well. And things are working. I I personally think that midfield should be um, Casemiro, Amrabat, Bruno. That's that's the tree. Yeah. Um, Amrabat can be a bit more box to box Casemiro sits a bit mm. deeper where he can preserve energy preserve yeah. his legs really use like whatever reserve of energy he has when it's required mm. and allow Amrabat to do a lot of the donkey work the only thing about Ericsson is as well I know he lacks that kind of physicality that Amrabat has in midfield but he gets you decent numbers he got mm. decent numbers last year with regards yeah. to assists that's the thing. You know, he's like, but, he's, but I think it's far more important that we have someone in there who can... But again, this up. is where you, you probably utilise Ericsson when, say, uh, for, for me, for in, instance, right? so let's, let's say you're, you're struggling to unlock a team. You're kind of pinning them back and you're controlling the game. Mm-hmm. You're struggling to unlock a team. So what I would do then is take off Casemiro and let Amrabat sit because yeah, if true. there is a counter-attack, he has the legs to stop mm-hmm. it. And then you apply Bruno and Eriksson as an 8 and 10. Yeah. Where you're using two very creative players high up the pitch to unlock doors. Or you could put Mount in that position as well. You could actually try it with Amrabat, Mount and Bruno. And I think Amrabat would have no problem with the, you know, the space that is... you know, that's being left behind. was left with against the likes of Wolves and Spurs. I think Amrabat would have no problem. I think he would cope a lot better. He'd cope a lot he'd better. Cope a lot better. He, he has the energy. I also think the other side of that is the team need to work as a as a as a unit in those regards, right? Because yeah. um, players like Rashford, pace to Bourne, uh, Bruno, you can't fault Bruno's work rate. He's always up and down the pitch, so I'm not going to question him. But I do think when a team is on the counter attack. United players as a whole are not bursting their bollocks to get back yeah. and that is a fucking issue there Yeah, like if a team is on a counter attack foul them as high up the pitch as you can Yeah, like if they cross the halfway line that's when you're in trouble mm. and Wolves is a prime example Yeah, Wolves was an absolute prime example because that, that's how they set up they were smart Yeah, and we got punished for it well I think what we have with Amrabat coming in and what we've seen from Hoyland in for those 30, 35 minutes that he was on the pitch yesterday is that there's a bit of physicality there. He's got pace. His link-up play is looks really promising as yeah. well. His little back flick to Casemiro <clears throat> to lay off that pass for the Garnacho goal, which yeah. wasn't offside. No. It fucking wasn't. Was not offside. Gabriel's also, head kept him on. Also... For that VAR decision, right? People can t- say what they want, right? Why is the VAR line drawn from Gabriel's shoulder and not his head? 
Why is it drawn from his shoulder? That. I do not understand that. His head kept him on. Right? Because... What body parts keep you fucking... Surely your head. It's your but, head. But Everybody. So, like, um, so if Garnacho was leaning forward and his shoulders were in line, I can guarantee it would have drawn the Garnacho's line from his head. Because he yeah. can score with his head. Yeah. Because if he has his arm out, they take it from the shoulder. Yeah. Because you can't score with, with your arm. So, like, this is the issue. There's, oh. like... They there's there's such a lack of consistency there. Yeah. Um, in terms of where they're drawing lines from, all this sort of stuff. Like the thing in the World Cup was absolutely but perfect. Should have been sent off as well. Yeah. I don't know, but we get the decisions, don't we? No, well, we get the decisions. We yeah. No. Um. It was it was just it was a really bitter pill to swallow that game. Um, like Jesus' like finish was absolutely disgusting. Like it's a great goal. Like the low. I guarantee he woke up this morning with cold sweats thinking about I feel bad for him because he had a really good game yeah yeah he's he's played so well and, that and that's the thing and, and uh, all, all that all that him. anybody will remember well, is, is, that, is him is him being, done being, being sent to the shops there like the composure to do that is immense and yeah, like credit where, where it's due right? yeah. but the, the Royce goal should have never happened like taking the ball down basically in slow motion scuffing it into the bottom oh, of the neck stop. Harry Maguire there telling people to get out of his Onana as well at his near post I mean he should be should be doing something there how was nobody rushing the guy how was nobody getting out and getting close to him well Johnny Evans couldn't because he was fouled well there is that <laughs> and he was closest and yeah Rejected and then uh, Maguire just looking around telling people to get out of his swamp what do you mean get out of my swamp <laughs> fucking waste but I'd, sti- I'd still be him Still, <laughs> I'm, st- I'm sticking on. I'm dying, dying on that hill now. I boom even more now after that goal. Um, um, so yeah, we're we're in for a, an international break. Um, thank the Lord. Can we, go, can we go off subject a little bit and talk about our very own? Yes, Evan Ferguson. On Absolutely, Saturday. what a monster of a guy! <laughs> what a monster of a guy! I was only talking to someone yesterday about it. Why didn't like obviously we bought Hoyland? Great signing in my opinion. I think he'll only improve and only get better. Yeah. I really don't understand why we didn't go for Evan Ferguson and put him back on loan to Brighton. Do you see all the tweets um, from a lot of United fans? If that was Sir Alex Ferguson, he would have signed Evan Ferguson like a year ago. 100%. He would have. He would have. the talent. He, uh, phenomenal player. I can't believe he's ours. To all, like, to all the feckin' English people still looking at a desperate way to fucking claim him. He's ours. Fuck off. No. You took Rice from us. You took Grealish. You, let's go in. You took Rooney. You took Kane. You took loads. And you gave He's us... And you gave ours. us... And you gave us who? McAteer? Thanks, yeah. <laughs> thanks lads. <laughs> Sound, yeah? Ah, uh, Jay's all right. I've, I've, I know Jay's... Yeah, I've seen met him a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, but is he Jack Grealish? He's not great to Stephen Cluxton, though. <laughs> right? Is he, is he on Grealish's level? Is he on Royce's level? But Evan Ferguson is ours... And what I love as well, who's Evan Ferguson's hero? The player he loved gro- um, watching growing up, Wayne Rooney. I just, who's his boyhood club? I was going to say me. I thought I thought I was his hero. Damien Broderick. I, I heard uh, Evan watches me TikToks all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know he is? His mother's English. He could qualify. He could. He could, but he's not going to. No, he's not. And also, as a proud... I don't know, he's played competitive as a, as a proud as a proud Bettystown man David and I, I'm a blow-in but I don't care I'm a proud blow-in resident of Bettystown Evan Ferguson is doing wonders for our town <laughs> wonders 
the real statue. What a guy. What a player. He's a great player. <laughs> He's got great potential. Uh, the kid is unbelievable. He's not a brat like Ronaldo. <laughs> Even though Ronaldo's heading for 40. <laughs> He's great. What a player. Get me back in studio. Because I think, I think things are going to be good for the Irish national team with a player like that. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> David just said it for me. <laughs> We're off to Lily Bordello's after the United Way. We're going to have a couple of gin and tonics and it's going to be great. I want to give a shout out to a guy who constantly gives us support. I know there's a couple of fans uh, and he wants me probably to do it in the Dumpy voice. He's a film critic, a great film critic at that. Andy McCarroll, great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Andy, shout out to you. You've been asking for weeks. You got it now. Okay? <laughs> you got what you, what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Lily Bordellos. That's my fucking favourite. That's my favourite. <laughs> Lily Bordellos. Oh, yeah. It's not even a place anymore, bro. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm 70 odd years old. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's I've frequented that place all the time. Paddy Cullivan from the Late Late Show on the piano beyond there. He was great. <laughs> Shout out to Paddy. Oh great my guy. god. Back to Evan Ferguson. Or yeah, need a midfield that to supply this kid. That's what we yeah. need. Yeah. We haven't got the legs, nope. unfortunately. <laughs> Can you? Yeah. I have the ability to unlock the fences, but I haven't got the legs. When we're in for an inter international break, so... And you know what? I normally dread international breaks. It's normally my least favourite time in the no, whole I'm football season. I'm looking forward season. to it. Me too, because I need a break. Yeah. It's been a tough opening month of the Premier League. It's been tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, it has been tough. It's it's just... And, and you know what? From, from us, like the first few episodes... Buzzing for it, like yeah, yeah really was. Yeah, on, on. Yeah, optimism to the roof. But then again, humbled like, quickly. Yeah, I always hate. I always hate when an, the break comes after United are on a good run of momentum. Yeah, like, uh, I'm running a terrible one now, so the break probably coming at an ideal time but, for us. I mean, we've got a really tough game. You know, back from this international break against Brighton, it's yeah. that is going to be so fucking tough. I know they. Um, they I know Brighton have had some freak. Games like that Everton one last year, mm. last season, and uh, the West Ham one a week ago. They're just so good. They're just such a. Deserby's a freak, isn't he? Yeah. Like how, like, Casado, and, uh, McAllister, both gone. Who else? Who else? Did they, what else? Play? Any other players that? But they do it consistently. You know, they, they sold. Like they just uh, they sell the players, but everything still. Nothing changes. Stays, nothing changes. It still stays the same way. And then I'm starting to think, well, McAllister's been very good for Liverpool. Yeah. <sighs> um, Kills us, but good Casado, so far for Chelsea, probably too early to judge because Chelsea's yeah. just a jumbled mess at the mm. moment. You know. And then on the other side of that, like, Spore's pouring. Oh, Big Ange is doing... Pouring. I said it. I said you it when, when they appointed Big Ange. I said... This is such a good move for Spurs. Yeah. This guy. Well, the main thing about this guy is he play his his teams play lovely stuff, but fuck me, does he is he a disciplinarian of the highest order? Like players respect him immediately, and it happened with Celtic. As soon as he got the job at Celtic, it was just 
it was torture for Rangers for a couple of years. Mm. You know, now that Rodgers is back in, obviously it was a good win for Celtic on the weekend against Rangers. Um, I don't know if they'll have that same effect that Ange had. So look out for Spurs. They, yeah, they'll be knocking. Like he's got Basuma, he's got Basuma balling again. And Jen- brought in Madison. Madison is Madison's a phenomenal player, man. Phenomenal. And the price they got him, he he has to be surely the signing of the season. What did they get him at? Was it thirty something? What Dave was it? Thirty million? Thirty something? Sorry. James Madison. James Madison at the sports. I think it's something about thirty, thirty-five million. So uh, sub forty, surely. Forty. Forty. Bargain, because he he's a sixty, seventy million player. Like. Yeah. On a five-year contract. On a five-year contract, yeah. And then I know... But the, they got it because... I know the fee is reduced because... Relegation. Relegation, price, but still. Yeah. Um, if, if you'd went in for Madison a year earlier, a year earlier, you're probably talking between 60 and 100 million for him. Yeah. Because he, he is that good. Mm. Like, he was brilliant against us and against Borny there for, for Spurs. Uh, yeah, smashing, smashing player. Yeah, he's, no, he's a super player. Uh, he he kind of reminds me very much of David Beckham. Yeah, the way he plays. I know. You also wonder, I know he can play through the middle. He plays through the middle, but just you wonder why you can. Um, he's considering he's um, a United fan as well. And considering I know that the the timeline is is probably a bit different, but considering uh, Leicester's relegation and the price difference, you wonder why United didn't go for Madison over Mount. Wonder why that wasn't ever consideration. Yeah. We paid twenty million more for Mount. I think. Do you think Madison's? Mount, do you think Madison's better than Mount? Yeah. I think. I think. I think Mount is probably a bit more um, versatile. Probably plays in M- more Mount positions. Has, Mount has had. It's kind of. Both of them have had seasons where they've been better individually. Mm. You know, um, Mount for. I think the, was it the first three years of his career. Chelsea was he was really good. He was. Mm. He was a player that was, you know, churning out double digits and figures for with goals and assists every season. You know, I don't know. Uh, look, we see what happens. I am looking forward to Mount coming back I with a new so. look midfield. I think Amrabat is going to change that whole thing. Yeah. I really do. Another thing I want to mention about Amrabat as well, he's a very good ball carrier, mm. which is something that and we, we saw that in the World Cup. Saw it, yeah. yeah. We don't have that. Yeah, actually, that's a very good point because that's what Declan Royce does very, very well yeah. and nobody really notices it. And we spoke about Royce and Grealish for the Irish team. Well, it's why we Grealish as well. for De Jong. Yeah, exactly. De Jong's the best ball carrier um, in the world. And I actually think, well, I know we don't dive into statistics here, um, Jack Grealish has the highest um, ball progression stats uh, in the league. He progresses the ball further than anybody without losing possession. Uh, and Royce, Royce's stats for that are very, very high as well. And United do not have that. We have players that try break the lines via passing yeah. rather than carrying. I know we hate graphs, but do you see like the graph of ball carrying uh, United Arsenal yesterday? To see how how high Royce was up yeah. on that graph. But see, this is what I mean. He he progresses the ball um, very, very well. Yeah. And what a lot of <clears throat> what a lot of people don't realize. When players when players do that, what it actually does is it really really pins back uh, a defence because you don't want to engage too high. Yeah. Because what happens then is players like him that are really really clever. Once you engage them, it's two passes. Yeah. And you're out of the game. 
So he's progressing the ball, waiting for engagement. And when that engagement doesn't come, he just keeps marching up the pitch and he marches his team up the pitch. And that's why these players are so valuable. I like that about him. And I like that he brings a bit of, you know, he brings that physical edge as well. And it kills me. Like, because I, like, I think he would have been badly needed yesterday, but it was just too yeah. too soon for it, for him to be integrated into the team. Yeah, big point. Um, and obviously he's heading off as well uh, for internationals with Morocco. Which, which probably which probably actually helps because obviously he hasn't played because to f- kind of force his move he hasn't played a lot with Fiorentina he wasn't in the squad yeah. he was training individually and stuff like that so this international break is yeah. probably needed for him to get yeah. back up to match full match fitness yeah. it also allows our compiling injury list a little <laughs> bit of um, a little bit of time to come back so um, yeah tough tough opening month for the Premier League for United fans. Um, it'll get better it'll get better say, guys on the on the upside uh, of that um, we can only improve and as you touched on with the manager we saw it last year what the manager's really good at is uh, coming up with solutions to problems and we have lots of problems yeah we do um, the club's a circus it, yeah. it's still there there's still an element of it being a circus <sighs> there but I think we have the right guy in there to steady the ship yeah because he did it last season yeah and these owners, I know we're nearly, it's nearly time to wrap up. Look, the less said, the better, but they need to fuck off. Simple as. Fuck off. Just enough is say, enough yeah. now. And, and do, you know, do you know what it is as, as well? I know we're, we're trying to wrap up and we're just going off on tangents here. We talked about the Amrabat thing. This like, is an important tangent though. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Like, for a club of the size and stature, of Manchester United to bid one million pound for a loan deal for Amrabat is embarrassing. 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 It's disgusting. Right? Not only is it embarrassing, it's disrespectful to the player. It's disrespectful to his club. It's disrespectful to anybody that is remotely financially attached to Manchester United. It's embarrassing and disrespectful. And then for not Forrest to come in and bid 17 million and Fiorentina <laughs> to accept that and only for Amrabat wanted United and nothing else. Imagine the embarrassment of you bidding one million and not Forrest coming in yeah. and paying 16 million more and getting the player. I know. Well, look, folks. The only way is up, as they the say. The only way is up. Can you play um, that tune? We'll see you, ne- we'll see you next week. We'll, we'll, yeah, a couple of, we'll give it an international break review. I think we might kind of delve into some of the classics, some yeah. different kind of topics as well. We'll reach out on Twitter. We'll get yeah. We've done favorite players. We've done favorite jerseys. We'll have a few. We'll have. What's a, your favorite? We'll have a few ones. A few fan fa- few fan favorites. We'll we'll reach out on Twitter. We'll get a few stuff. A few quiz. We might might do um, a little quiz or something. Oh, David, you have the questions. Look, oh, no, I'm not. We've going got ahead. a week to there's prepare. No, there's no way I'm going head to head with you on a quiz. There's just no way. No, this I boy, think you're, no. Uh, hit this Rolodex head over here. <laughs> <laughs> May 16th, 1941. <laughs> 67th minute. It was a tune. You know what? I get that from my uncle. My uncle Jimmy, shout out to him. He's with dates and music as well. It, songs was, and all. it was a wet he, day in June. Yeah. Oh, he remembers everything. So I get that from him. The grass was four and a half inches too long. <laughs> but it didn't stop. No, there's no way I'm going That's head to head. That's a good Al Ford impression I'm there, never, I'm never, ever, ever going head to head with you on a quiz. It's not happening. Not happening. No, there's a reason why we're a team, Al. <laughs> Folks, this is the United Way episode six. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, I'm Al Foran. I'm Damien Broderick. And remember, the only way is up. It's been a tough month, but it can only get better. 
So we'll see you next week for another episode of the United Way. Do the thingy. This thingy. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Light app.